The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. Thank you for listening. For more information on Story City, you can find us online at storycitychurch.com or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Story City Church. So uh, my name is Johnny, and uh, my wife and I have been coming here for just a little bit over three years, and I'm going to be doing our scripture reading today. So if you would all please stand. And at the end of the reading, I'm going to do my very best to remember to say, this is the word of the Lord. And then you have a job where you get to say, thanks be to God. Excellent. All right. So this is going to be uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the word, and without the word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. This is the word of the Lord. Very good. Thanks, buddy. All right. How are you guys this morning? You guys good? First time using this thing, so hopefully it works out well. My name is Samir. I'm one of the pastors here at Story City. Really uh, an honor to be one of your pastors and um, was looking forward to saying that actually. So appreciate you guys. Um, I'm uh, excited to continue our series in the Center series where we get to really develop the, the roots and the heart and the foundation of who we are as believers and, and if those that are seeking what we believe and why we believe it. We're going to be talking about how to read the Bible today. So it's a little bit of a teaching lesson. But before we go into that, uh, I want to pray. Um, time of just pastoral prayer. I definitely want to pray for what's going on in, in Ukraine. Um, and I want to pray for the church as a whole in the world. So let me do that for us as we go into today's teaching. God, sometimes we just need to be silent before you. In the midst of chaos and confusion and war, it hurts our hearts, hurts my heart, hurts the people involved. We can only imagine what they're going through. So, Lord, we come before you and um, asking, Lord, for, for mercy, for your mercy upon the people of Ukraine, the church that's in Ukraine, the people of God that are pursuing and worshiping you. God, we pray for comfort. We pray for peace. We pray for this to end soon. And we thank you that we get to come together as your people freely here. We don't take this for granted. We don't take this lightly. Help us to have a view of of your people, your church, bigger than what's within our own circle, but but worldwide. And and so God, we, we thank you that we get to know you, that you brought your son Jesus for us to draw near to the creator of the universe. So God, we pray for the church. We pray for 
your church, that we would pursue you, that we would seek you, that we would know you more and more. We pray for this church, Story City, that you draw us near to you, Lord. That as we dive into the scriptures, as we dive into what it means and how we read the Bible, will you give us clarity, will you give us wisdom, will you give us insight? We love you, Jesus. We exalt you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it nice to just go before the Lord? Amen. Well, we all know the last two or two and a half years has been a wild ride for the church in America, to say the least. It's, it's kind of like we've gotten audited as a church, right? Like, like who are the real apprentices of Jesus? What do we actually believe? Why do we believe it? We kind of now know what kind of disciples we've produced as a church in America. Right? We have a constant wavering of what is true, what isn't true, who to believe, what to believe. We've recognized that people that have called themselves Christians and apprentices of Jesus are probably just actually apprentices of Fox News, apprentices of CNN, apprentices of social media, rather than apprentices of Jesus and what's true in the scriptures. And I hope that that hit a nerve a little bit. That was the point. Because we need true apprentices of Jesus. We need disciples who love God and desire the truth to come from his word, from the scriptures, not from sources that are saying otherwise. We have seen proclaiming Christians receiving their truth from culture and traditions more than from the Bible. Which then confuses the seekers of what actually, what is Christianity? Who are we as believers of Jesus? We need the truth to be clear for everybody's sake. For the believer's sake, for the seeker's sake. Culture and traditional Christianity is actually very similar to what the Pharisees' mistake was in the early time when Jesus was walking the earth. Right? They believed, they memorized, and they even taught the Bible very, right, very just intently and intensely. But yet, here's what Jesus says to them in Matthew 15, 1 through 9. Then Jesus was approached by these Pharisees, right, and the scribes of Jerusalem who asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, Why do you break, Jesus is saying this, Why do you break God's commandment because of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and whoever speaks evil of your father and mother must be put to death. He's referencing the the Old Testament. But you say, whoever tells his father or mother, whatever benefit you, benefits you might have received from me is a gift committed to the temple. He does not have to honor his father. 
In this way, you have nullified the word of God because of your traditions. Hypocrites. Isaiah prophesied correctly about you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines human commands. Traditional cultural beliefs of the, of the scriptures rather than the true knowledge and love of who God is. The gospel, the truth. So Jesus here is saying gospel clarity, gospel fluency, gospel understanding of, of what's true of who God is, is so much more important than biblical knowledge. Understanding what the word of God, the point, the heart of God's word is more important than just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Jesus is saying the Bible is meant to transform, not to just inform. Right? The Bible is meant to transform, not to just inform. So how we read the Bible is essential to our apprenticeship of Jesus. How we read the scriptures, how we read the Bible is vital to our apprenticeship to Jesus. So some of you have been Christians for a while. Some of you are seeking, just, just jumping in. Some of you just the first time in church or listening online. No matter where we are, I hope that clarity on how we read the scriptures actually begins to, to jumpstart our understanding of why this is important. I hope that it decreases the intimidation of picking up the Bible and, and, and being able to say, I know what I'm doing. I know how to read this and glean from God's word and seek transformation. So I want to do it this way, answering these three questions. What is the Bible? How do I read it? And why should I read it? Right? What is the Bible? How do I read it? Why should I read it? Answering these three questions will help give us biblical tools in our apprenticeship to Jesus. So as we go through this, bear with me. This, is, this could be a seminary course for a whole semester, and I'm going to go through it in 30 minutes. All right, so know that as we go through this, there's a lot more into each section, each chapter, I mean each um, um, section, point that I'm making that we can really dive into as a whole um, sermon itself. So the first point, in what is the Bible, this is the first point. The Bible is a collection. So if you have your notes, this is great. Hope you're taking notes. The Bible is a collection of 66 books that tells the true story of how God throughout history has lovingly pursued and reconciled the humans he created. It's a little long, but it's important. The Bible is a collection of 66 books that tells the true story of how God throughout history has lovingly pursued and reconciled the humans he created. It's important to say it is not what the Bible is not. It's not an inspiring self-help book. Okay? That's, that's not. That's not the important. It's not the intent. We've heard the whole B-I-B-L-E Bible basic instructions before leaving earth, that, that's just not true. That's not the intent of the, of the Bible. It's actually the complete opposite, right? Because the Bible says that we are spiritually dead, that we can't help ourselves, 
that we're not able to help ourselves and that we need a savior. And that savior is Jesus. And the reality is that this is a God help book, not a self help book. So what does the Bible consist of? Six main scenes in the in the Bible. Again, this is we can go through this, but this really quick brush stroke. First scene, creation. Genesis, God created everything. This is the Old Testament, Old Covenant. Then the fall. People disobeyed God. They turned from God. They said no to God. The fall happened. And then the next scene after that, God brought a people, Israel, to seek to redeem humanity back to God. They failed. They failed miserably. They continued to fail. And then he realized, okay, I need to bring a new covenant into play. This is where the New Testament comes in. And the Redeemer, the true Redeemer, the redemption happens now through Jesus. This is where the Gospels come in. Jesus now has come and redeemed the world back to God through his death on the cross for those who believe. And after the Gospels, we see the church, the book of Acts, and the writings, the letters of Paul, Peter, James, all those guys. Right after that, the church now is being displayed. And then we see the full restoration in Revelation where everything comes back fully redeemed, fully restored, and that's still yet to come, but we see that in the Bible. Brushstroke of the Bible. Luke 24, 27, Jesus says this very clearly. That everything in the Bible is pointing to himself. Everything in the Bible is pointing to him. So he is the centerpiece of it all. Jesus says the entire Bible is about him. Luke 24, 27 says, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them in the synagogue to all the people. He interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all of the scriptures. So he was teaching the people, hey, this in, in Genesis, this in, in Exodus, this and all over the Old Testament is pointing to me. That's what he's telling them. If we don't see that Jesus is the center throughout the whole Bible, we will be misled. The whole point is to tell the story of the hero, the true hero, which is Jesus. That's the loving, redeeming story, is Jesus. Real quick, how did we get the scriptures? The Bible was written by about 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years on three different continents, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. God wrote the Bible through the hands of man. The word of God is both fully divine and fully human, just like Jesus. The word of God is fully divine and fully human, just like Jesus. The word of God, who is both fully God and fully human, just like we read in John chapter 1, 1 through 5. The cool thing is, is that there's no contradictions throughout scripture. 40 different authors, 1,500 years, three different continents, and no contradictions. And when I mean no contradictions, I don't mean read one little passage here in Leviticus and then read one little passage here in Matthew and be like, wait, that doesn't make sense. I'm talking about in context of the entire Bible. When we read it truthfully, there is no contradiction. The story flows, and that's amazing. It is trustworthy that there was prophecies from thousands of years prior that came true. Hundreds proven to be true, historically verified and fulfilled. 
And people were willing to die over and over and over for this truth. I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to die for a lie. All these people that died, you think they would, hey, this must, we made this up, so I'm going to die for it. It's not possible. I mean, it can be possible, but likely not so much. So that's the brushstroke of what the Bible is as a whole. And I really want to emphasize more on, like, how do we read this now? How do we apply? Okay, this is the Bible. We understand it of what it is. But how do we read it? How do we walk into it? And so my second point, it is important to read the Bible in its context, in humility, and in community. In context, in humility, and in community. What does that mean? In context. In context, first and foremost, of the big story that we just shared. We have to know that the big story is, is, is we have to understand what we're reading. Just like if you started watching a movie right in the middle of the movie and it's your first time ever watching the movie. And you're like, wait, that character seems like a jerk. Why did he do that to her? And what's going on there? If we don't understand the context of what was prior, we're just confused. We're misled. We don't understand fully the context. Just the same way as we do that with the movie, we got to understand the, the Bible in its entirety in order to grasp every section. What does the text say? How do we apply it? Right? This is biblical hermeneutics. It's a course that I've taken, and it's a lot. It's a lot to grasp. Okay, so I'm going to try to give you little pointers on like, do these little things, and they'll be helpful. Right? We can dive into this way deeper. But When it is done well, when it is not done well, is what I'm saying, we will lead people astray. So it's so, so important. First off, not to read verse at a time all over the place, but to read in bulks, to read in context. Because we have a language that it's written in, right? It's written in Hebrew, it's written in Greek. Some Aramaic in there. It's these languages. I don't know about you, but I don't speak these languages. So it's important to understand the languages. Culture of the time. The history, what's going on during that time? Was there a war? What was going on? That's important to understand. The literary writings, there's different types of writing. There's poetry writings, there's songs, right? There's letters, there's just history writing. It's important to understand what that is. The covenant. Which covenant are we in? Is this Old Testament? New Testament? Is this time where Jesus is redeemed already? Or is this where Israel is trying to figure it out and they keep failing? What's the context? That's so, so important of where the covenant is. And customs and traditions. What's happening at the time? Is there, is there a festival happening? Is there, is there traditions that they're going through that, that define it? And so it's just easy as, as this, asking five questions to yourself when you're reading, when it comes to studying the Bible, who is the author, what is the subject, when, what's the, like, what time frame, context, where is it located, and why, what's God trying to say, what's the purpose, who, what, when, where, and why. And remember, always as we're doing this, because the entire Bible is about Jesus and is the story of how God has lovingly pursued rebels through him, Always seek your, to ask this question. 
How does this passage prepare, predict, reflect, or result from the person and work of Jesus? Always. Okay? Every time we're reading, how is this pointing to Jesus? So how do we read it? First, in context, right? Just what we just talked about. Second, in humility. Humility. What does that mean? That we're dependent on the Spirit of God to teach us, to show us, to reveal to us. And this is the part where God now is growing our hearts, teaching us, revealing to us, changing us. Because the reality is that the Bible is the only book that you can always read while the author himself is present with you. The Bible is the only book that you can read where the author himself is present with you. That's so, so important to understand. This is a book that is alive. Let us not approach it as if it's a textbook to be studied for the sake of knowledge alone. But as a book that leads us to knowing God more intimately and experiencing his transforming grace. So, so important. Because the same spirit that inspired the writers to write the scriptures dwells within every Christian. The same spirit. He helps all into the truth and helps us understand between good and evil. This book is alive and powerful because the author himself is alive and powerful and is with us as we read, as we learn, as we glean upon the scriptures. So always start with prayer and humility before going in to reading the Bible. Let us always pray before opening it. The Spirit will help us understand more clearly. So, so important. And third on how we read it is in community with brothers and sisters around us. This is the affirmation time, right? We, we, we studied it on our own. We, we grasped it through God's word, through his spirit teaching us. And now it's, how do we affirm that what I'm reading is accurate? How do I affirm what I'm reading is, is this right? Am I, am I in the right spot? Doing it with brothers and sisters. While reading the Bible alone with God is vital, we must also seek others to read the Bible with and talk about what the truths will reveal to us with each other. See, this is why we're trying so hard, and what, what Jared and Josh just did a minute ago is, is create structure, create the why, and create opportunities for us to do this well and healthy in community. So we're, we're doing our best to develop missional communities in a healthy way to help us grasp and shape DNA groups. How do we do that in community well? And something called story use studies where are coming soon, where we're learning in studies, where we're able to talk about this type of stuff. Maybe hermeneutics is one of those things where we can actually dive deeper and growing and learning together. That's the heart of why this stuff is important in community. So what the Bible is, Brushstroke kind of shared with that a little bit, what it is in, in its essence, how to read it, humility, context, humility, and community, and now why should I read it? Why should I read it? Why is it important for me to read? Is it because I just need... To, to, to check off something on my Christian list so that God loves me more? What, what's the reason? Why should I read it? We should read the Bible to encounter the transforming grace of Jesus and to discover our true identity for his glory. 
for his glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. To encounter the transforming grace of Jesus. Because he pursued sinners like you and me. He put together the Bible for us to draw near to him. How do we do that? We ask these two questions. How we encounter Jesus. Who is God as we read the scriptures? Who is he? In this section of scripture that I'm reading. And what has he done? Who is he? What has he done to experience him that way? Jesus said that the whole Bible is about him. So we read to experience him. To experience his grace. To experience his love. To experience his truth. And align our lives around who he is and what he has done. John 5, 39 through 40. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Do you get what he's saying here? You're going to the scriptures, you're going to the Bible and assuming that the Bible itself or the scriptures itself is what brings you eternal life. But he's saying, listen, everything in the scriptures is pointing to me, but yet you refuse to come to me. You're reading it for the sake of reading it, to know, for knowledge, for understanding, although we do that at times. But that's not the point. The point is, is that Jesus is saying, here I am. Scriptures are alive. The word is Jesus. He is the word. He gives us an opportunity to seek him and know him and be transformed by him and draw near to him through the loving words of the Bible. Once I come, came to that understanding, it, it, it didn't become a legalistic form of reading anymore for me. It became a, a, an opportunity for intimate relationship with the creator of the universe by opening this book. That is a whole new way of reading scripture that I think is vital for us to get as apprentices of Jesus. I know there's a long history of, of the Bible being used and, and manipulated for, for self purposes and reasons, but what people have done don't define its intent and what God desires for God's word to be. So let us grasp that. That's why we read the scriptures, is to draw near and to be transformed by him. And second, of why we should read it, is to discover how to live out of our new identity for his glory. Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16-17, he says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. How do we do that? How do we grasp more of our identity? How do we grasp what we should do and how we should live? We should ask these two questions as we're reading. 
Who are we in light of what he has done and in light of who he is? Right? As we read, we, we understand, we ask those first two questions. Who is God? What has he done? And then as we're reading it more like, in light of who he is, in light of what he's done, what does that mean about me? What does that mean about me? What is the truth about me? And then that second question, how then should I live because of this truth? How then should I live because of this truth? Throughout the reading of the Bible, we grasp deeper truths of who we are in light of who he is and what he has done. A deeper sense of identity and purpose. Which leads us to a transformative life change of clarity, forgiveness, and joy. Only available from the creator of the universe that put the scriptures together for us. Sometimes I find it hard to believe, like, how could God put a book together? I'm like, man, he created, if you believe he created the universe, you don't think he could put a book together? I mean, it's just, it blows my mind sometimes. Obviously, we need to understand its history, how it was put together. Like, that's important to get and understand and how it's, you know, how it's true and real and, and something we can trust. That's, that's good for us to grasp and study. But it's, it's nothing to him to do that. And he's graced us with the ability then to encounter him through it. What a joy that is. This is why reading, understanding, and applying God's word is so vital in our lives. It's not a spiritual checklist so that God loves us more. It's not. It's an opportunity to be near and encounter the creator of the world. And to, be under, and to understand ourselves more so that we seek healthy and flourishing lives. That's why we do it. That's why we read it. And so I hope when we get to a point where we open the scriptures this week, we can joyfully open them and say, oh, I'm so looking forward to learning about who he is, what he's done. What does that mean about me and how do I live because of this truth? So as we discussed all of this, I know it's a lot, and I, and I kind of went through it pretty quickly because I don't, I don't want us to bog down too much on all the details, but more give us tools on how to do this well and being able to live it out and to read it and, and to be transformed by God's word because ultimately we are all responsible for our growth in Jesus, right? As individuals. We do it in community. We ask for, for accountability. But as we do that, we go home, right? How we live, how we, how we respond in, in a loving way towards God is, is our desire. And so I put in the notes in the back a little homework assignment, <laughs> which I always hated. So I'm not doing this because it's a, a legal thing to do, like a, like a rule. But it's because I just know how how good it is to put things in place and rhythms in place to draw us near to Jesus. And so I hope this, this will encourage you as we went through this that you can feel less intimidated to pick the Bible up and to want to go through it well. So for those that have been Christians for a while, I put Ephesians 2 to read this week and to go through those, those points of reading it in context, reading it in humility, reading it in community. And then Mark 1, for those that are new or seeking the Lord, uh, for the first time or, or recently, do the same thing. Read the passage, 
in context, in humility, ask the Holy Spirit, help me understand this. I don't get it. Um, and then in community, ask someone around you that you can trust in it. And then ask those four questions. And I also added some resources, so if you wanted to dive in some more. So I hope that you can be inspired to read God's word more intimately, more deeply, more passionately, more lovingly, and to receive his grace, to receive his goodness, to receive his transforming work for the goodness and glory of God and for our sake and for our good. Let me pray for us. Jesus, we thank you that we get to be in your word. That we get to grasp your word clearly. That you've given us your word so that we can draw near to you and be transformed by you in ways that are beyond our own way of doing it. That this isn't a self-help book to try to figure out how we can do better, but really it's, it's, it's a story of how you've made us better through your son Jesus and only through your son Jesus. Will you bring us to a place where we love reading your word, where we grasp reading your word, and we can ask questions amongst our brothers and sisters on what and how to understand your word more. We love you, Jesus. Will you bless the rest of our day in Jesus' name?